0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Have you heard the news? Have you heard the news? It's spreading throughout the city. The officials have arrested the prophet Jeremiah. That Jeremiah has been preaching his message of hate again. He's circulated his disinformation throughout the temple. And his extremist language is simply unacceptable. His fringe views are divisive, and they don't represent the views of our respected religious experts. He dares to claim that God will destroy our temple and our city if we don't repent. Well, the officials of Jerusalem, they had him arrested, and they charged him with treason. And our priests and our prophets, they're now calling for the death penalty. Throughout history, God has sent preachers and prophets to proclaim his word to people, to nations. And yet, by and large, God's message has been greeted with anger and rejection and sometimes even violence. God's prophets and preachers often have to stand alone. And they were routinely accused of promoting lies and spreading misinformation by whatever establishment they were preaching against. And many were killed. The way of God is never popular. Even when God Himself became a man and came to deliver his own message, he was met with slander and violence and even his death. This morning, all three of our texts invite us to reflect upon Christianity's unpopularity. Why is Christianity rejected by most? And how can that actually bring us comfort that's what we're looking at this morning so God sent the prophet Jeremiah and he sent him to a high traffic point in the temple a a spot where the priests and the state-funded prophets and all the people could hear him because God had a thing or two that he wanted to say and he wanted to make sure that the most people could hear it and they certainly heard what Jeremiah said but they reacted with hostility. All they heard with their gathering rage was someone who claimed to be a prophet of the Lord, who was threatening God's house and David's city with destruction. Cities which God had, according to them, promised His unilateral protection. So this was treason. This was blasphemy. And immediately, they recognized that this, what this prophet was saying was a threat to what they believed and to their power, their political power. They didn't want to listen to God's Word because they were more concerned about preserving their way of life. And so they think to preserve the city, to preserve their way of life, this guy needs to be silenced. God's word is ridiculed and challenged anytime it confronts an established ideology. Christianity confronts many ideologies in Canada. In Canada, traditional Christian values are increasingly seen as repressive, intolerant, bigoted. And even speaking the truth is now even labeled as hate. Why is there such resistance to God's Word? Well, first we need to know the content of the message. The prophet Jeremiah is not announcing anything new. He preaches an ancient message. And since it's old, many just assume it's out of date. God sends prophets and He sends preachers to humanity. And although the exact contents differ from time to time and from age to age and place to place, the fundamental proclamation is always the same. And what is that? Melanchthon provides us with an excellent summary. The sum of the proclamation of the Gospel is to denounce sin and to offer forgiveness of sins and righteousness for Christ's sake. You see, that's what Jeremiah was doing. That's what Jesus was doing. And that's what every preacher throughout this world must do. Denounce sin and offer forgiveness for Christ's sake. Calling out people and nations for their wickedness is part of what God wants for all times and all places. So what's Jeremiah's message? You see it there in verse 13. Now therefore, mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. To denounce denounce and rebuke people for their sins is not an easy task. By nature, we humans, we don't like to be told that what we're doing is wrong and that we need to go back and change directions. Pride gets in the way. Telling people that what they cherish, their beliefs their practices, maybe even their whole identities, that they're wrong and evil and that they need to change. That's a stern message. Telling those in the establishment that they're a bunch of hypocrites, like Jesus often does, is dangerous. The same type of persecution that Jeremiah faced can easily become a reality here in Canada people will always defend their false gods. The epistle reading describes such as enemies of the cross, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, their glory is their shame, with minds set on earthly things. Their end is destruction. People end up in hell because, despite God's persistent warnings, they utterly refuse to mend their ways and obey the voice of the Lord. The majority have always and will always continue to reject God. Why? Because they love their sin. They enjoy it. They want to continue in it because it gives them some reward. It satisfies their belly. They, sin is like a fishing hook. The hook is the reward the pleasure the praise the perception of power the temporary removal of pain whatever pleasure that sin offers it offers for a moment and it gets people to keep coming back to it and they'll do whatever pleases them and they will have and they have no desire to give it up and that's why sin continues to be denounced by pastors. Even God's, as God's people, even as the church, we need to hear the Lord's loving rebuke and His call for repentance and for our lives to change. Because sin still clings to us. Even a cursory glance at the Ten Commandments will show you that you fall short. Did you notice that Jeremiah was speaking to God's people? The message was not for unbelievers in that world out there that needs to repent. No, it was given to people who were in the house of God. Today, you are in the house of God. God is calling you to re- mend your ways and obey the voice of the Lord. Remember that Jeremiah is warning about the temple being destroyed. If he threatens the temple, couldn't he threaten St. Peter's? Do you want St. Peter's Lutheran Church to last another 110 years? Do you? then mend your ways. Repent. Or you can go on instead just loving your sin. See what happens. How often do you respond to God when He calls you to repent, to change, to turn back to the Lord? Do you listen and turn from your evil ways when it's pointed out to you? Jesus weeps over Jerusalem because they were not willing to come to him. Is Jesus going to weep over you? Mend your ways and obey the voice of the Lord. God is calling all of us to mend our ways. And that's a reason to have hope. The story of Jerusalem is also the story of God dealing with all humanity. It's a story of sin, rebellion, stubbornness, idolatry, rejection of God's Word and the people who preach it. But it's also the story of God's mercy, His grace, His undeserved kindness towards sinful humans. Did you see it in the text? God promises to relent of the disaster that he has promised against you. That's his heart's desire. God sends his preachers and they proclaim his law. And sure, that wounds us. But he does it to make us whole again. Like Jeremiah, Jesus of Nazareth was innocent of the charges that were brought against him. Indeed, he was innocent of all charges. Jesus Christ was without sin. And like Jeremiah, Jesus was sent to denounce sins and proclaim forgiveness. And yet, like Jeremiah, Jesus was rejected. And that rejection drove our Lord to lament. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. He cries over the city. He mourns over the, what the establishment has done to the people. He grieves over their unbelief and their reliance on worldly wisdom and power. Their rejection of the Word and the people who preach it. Whenever Jerusalem killed a prophet, every time Jerusalem shut her ears to the Word, it was Jesus Christ Himself that they rejected. Every time that we fail to repent... It is Jesus who we're not listening to. How often would I have gathered you? For centuries, Jesus has appealed through to them, to the people of Israel, through priest and prophet, Torah and Scribe, calling his children and they were unwilling they would not repent they would not trust him they would not abandon their idolatries and adulteries they would not live by every word that came from the mouth of god they would not receive the one who would come to save them instead they said to jeremiah you must die and they said to jesus you must die and he did Left on our own, we were not willing. Left on our own, we were not willing to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and to follow Jesus on the way to death and resurrection. We were not willing. Yet, the Son of God was rejected by men, and He died for us, for all, for you. God promises to relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you because he did not relent of the disaster that was pronounced against his son. Jesus cried over a city that wanted him dead. He cries over a world that still considers him a fraud, an imposter, a nuisance. He spreads His arms wide on the cross to embrace every sinner who repents and to forgive every sin that they've done. Brothers and sisters, His death is the only death that can save you from disaster. You see, Christianity is never going to be popular. We will always be viewed as some fringe minority with unacceptable views. Christ our Lord promises that the world will hate us because it hated Him. And we've seen that the main reason why people reject Christianity is because God calls all men everywhere to repent, to amend their ways and heed His Word, and they simply don't want to. Instead, most people would rather serve their own desires and wants. That's their God. Most love their sin and just want to stay in it. But this call to repentance is what gives us hope. Because it means that God does not want our destruction. God Himself pleads with you sitting here today. Repent! Christ died and suffered for you to offer you forgiveness, to make the new Jerusalem your heavenly home. He's offering that to you. Amend your ways. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Repent and be forgiven. And then, the peace of God, which will pass all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty and ever-living God, we are taught by Your Holy Word to offer prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all people. We humbly ask You mercifully to receive our prayers. Inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity and concord, and, that, and grant that all who confess your name may agree in the truth of your holy word and live in unity and godly love. Lord, in your mercy, we pray that you would lead the nations of the world in the way of righteousness and so guide and direct their leaders, especially Elizabeth, our queen, Justin, her prime minister, Doug, her premier, our members of parliament, and the public servants in our communities that Your people may enjoy the blessings of freedom and peace. Grant that our leaders may impartially administer justice, uphold integrity and truth, restrain wickedness and vice, and protect true religion and virtue. Lord, in Your mercy. Almighty and gracious Lord, source of all compassion, we entreat You on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Eastern Europe living under the threat of war. Uh, We entreat You to hear their cries for peace. Uproot from the minds of civil leaders the desire for worldly gain and the pride of conquest. Grant them counsel through your holy word to in- and influence their hearts and minds so that war may be adverted and peace prevail. Strengthen the resolve of your people everywhere that we may grow in the spirit of brotherhood and that all fears and divisions may be overcome by the peace of Christ, Lord, in your mercy." Give grace, Heavenly Father, to all pastors and church workers, and especially to your servants, Timothy, our synodical president, Marvin, our regional pastor, and John, our circuit counselor, and also to Hennick, our adopted seminary student, that by their life and teaching they may proclaim your true and life-giving word and rightly and duly administer your holy sacraments. And to all people, give your heavenly grace, especially to this congregation, that with reverent and obedient hearts we may hear and receive your holy word and serve you in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives. Lord, in your mercy. Prosper, we pray, all those who proclaim the gospel of your kingdom throughout the world and strengthen us to fulfill your great commission, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that you have commanded. Lord, in your mercy. We ask you in your goodness, O Lord, to comfort and sustain all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially Helen, Betty, Anna Mae, Betty, Teresa, Vincent, Margaret, Ruth, Sharon, Ruth, B, Audrey, Doreen, Susan, Evelyn, Jacqueline, Paul, Rick, Rose, Margaret, Dave, Steve, Barry, Les, and Jim. Lord, in Your mercy. We remember before You all Your servants who have departed this life in Your faith and fear. And we ask You to give us grace to follow the good example of all Your saints that we may share with them in Your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in Your mercy. Heavenly Father, grant these our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.